there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey, everybody. Hey, Java Junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in learning more about journalism, especially digital journalism, then I promise you this is the episode for you because my next guest has taken her award-winning reporting for CNN as their chief White House correspondent to Instagram, where she has amassed a star-studded following. But before I introduce you to the amazing Jessica Yellen, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that comes out bright and early on Mondays, and it's got unique insights into dozens and dozens of different industries. It's also got coronavirus-relevant career advice, as well as a ton of other hacks for all of you college students and young professionals to help you turn your degrees into careers you'll love. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my wonderful next guest is Jessica Yellen, the founder of Hashtag News Not Noise which provides daily news reports on Instagram. And you can find the account at Jessica Yellen. Prior to founding News Not Noise, Jessica was the chief White House correspondent for CNN and an Emmy and Gracie award-winning political journalist reporting for CNN, for ABC News, and for MSNBC. Jessica has covered Capitol Hill, domestic politics, state and national elections, and the culture wars as well as issues facing women in the workplace. Her work has been published in the New York Times, the Daily Beast, Details, Entertainment Weekly, the Los Angeles Times, and the Atlantic. Her first novel, Savage News, about reporting while female, is available now in paperback from HarperCollins. Jessica, welcome to Time for Coffee. Are you still caffeinated on your tea and ready to go? I am extremely caffeinated. So glad to be here. And yes, ready, excited. Awesome, awesome. So before we get into what you do every day at your incredible Instagram news platform, hashtag news not noise, but it's at Jessica Yellen. So that's the way our viewers and listeners can search for it. For those who may not be familiar with news not noise, and they've got to be living under a rock if they're not, but... What inspired you, Jessica, to start News Not Noise two years ago back in 2018? When I was in the news business and TV news at CNN, I always had this instinct that there was part of the audience we weren't speaking to, that I would spend as a political reporter the end of every election cycle chasing swing voters, often women. And in Washington, we had this point of view that they were disengaged. They weren't paying attention to the election because they didn't care about the news. And I was talking to them all the time. And I was found that they cared enormously about what's happening in politics, policy and the news, but they weren't consuming it because something wasn't connecting. And my thesis was we're not speaking in a way they hear. And it turns out when you do research, a lot of the way we do the news shuts down learning in a part of the audience, especially women. The yelling, the punditry, the shouting, the 
hyper negative partisanship shuts down learning for a lot of people. So I thought, what if we did news differently where it wasn't all this negativity and anger and rage? And what if we explained things a little more? Could we onboard more people to consuming news? And I had this whole theory and everyone's like, well, that's great. But like, what are you going to actually do? And so a couple of my friends around the same time all said to me, pick up the phone and start explaining things. And it became a cacophony where like every day I would hear them judging me for not doing it today. And so finally, one day I picked up the phone and talked into my Instagram account, which at that point had like 408 friends following and told a news story. And that's how I started. And my whole MO was to take out the noise, which is what I'm calling that outrage jargon and focus more on explaining the thing without assuming the audience is dumb. Assume they're smart but they need a couple of terms defined and wrap it up so that they feel a sense of understanding. Now, I could hear having myself, having gotten that advice from friends or former colleagues and being so self-conscious and so nervous about putting out my opinion as Andrea Koppel without saying Andrea Koppel at, you right. know, that I, I know. would still be on the couch kind of stressing, micro analyzing myself. Did you at all feel silly or self-conscious when you made those first posts? Oh my God. I mean, the first person told me to do this in, I think it was like December of 2015. And I didn't do it till 2018. So yeah, there was a lot of agonizing and thinking I couldn't. My very first time, I had people who were calling me every day saying, you didn't do it today, you have to do it today. You didn't do it yesterday, you're doing it today. And then, and those nudges make a difference. So I'm forever grateful to those people. My first video I did in the backyard against a tree. And I think I was wearing some green dress. I'm not sure. But after I posted it, all my friends who had been urging me to do this they were like so supportive and told me it was great. And then one after another, they're like, maybe you don't want to do it in a jungle. I wasn't like in Colombia reporting <laughs> from the field, but maybe on your couch. So I was like, oh God, I want to die. Okay. I have done them outdoors before, but never with the jungle appearance in the background. Yes. I saw you do one in a car. You were like stunts yeah. in the backseat of a car. Before COVID, I would just do it like I did it in the subway in New York. Like that's the thing. Where we're telling the news doesn't matter. It's happening wherever you are. So I'm indifferent about like the background. But it's very hard to get the right set. You know, you have to just set it up. Yeah. And you're in your living room right now. Is that right? I'm in like a separate room that I now use for this stuff. Okay. Like I set up for this stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It looks it looks great. Good. Didn't you go out and talk with some movers and shakers in the entertainment industry to kind of bounce this idea off of them? Did I read that or, or did I misunderstand it? Yes. So I'm from L.A., and I grew up around a lot of people who are in the entertainment industry. When I left CNN, I came home to LA. And I was, as I was saying, like toying with this idea for a long time. So I took, you know, in LA, you take meetings. I took meetings with TV executives and producers. And I pitched this idea, like there's a huge audience. They want news. They want it told without noise. What if we put together, you know, a program that blah. And everyone's like, what? It's interesting. What it started off with was 
total, we don't get it. Then it evolved to, oh, news will only come from comedians in the future. Then like this hyper dismissiveness of the audience and their interest in information, which has been consistent. And then it became, oh, it's too political. We can't touch that. And that is the dominant POV right now in this town, which is any, we can't touch the political stuff. It's too divisive, which I think is part of our problem in our culture, which is if everybody who has the means to really get media out there thinks it's dangerous to touch real information, you have less real information being made and shared. And so we need to figure out ways to address that and either educate those decision makers to change their minds or find other means to help them change their minds. Well, I just checked your Instagram feed this morning. We're doing this interview on the 1st of September. And Jessica has a mind-blowing 329,000 followers. And that includes celebrities like A-Rod, Amy Schumer, Christy Brinkley, Jessica Seinfeld. So I just want to go, I'm (laughs) you, girlfriend, you know, so much for there not being an audience for what you want to do. Could you take us into your feed, Jessica, and into the Insta stories and the feed itself and how you decide what news stories to cover and focus on and then how to share them out? So what I came to is, so up in stories every day, I post articles that I think are, let's say you're not following much news or you're super busy and you don't have time to read seven newspapers and scan another five websites. Here's what you need to know to be informed about today. And I post the article with which you see the headline and I'll do either a summary. I call it the TLDR, which is an Instagram term for too long, didn't read. So like what's basic takeaway. And if you want to read the article, you can swipe up and read it. I try to intersperse it. One of the things I've started doing is with like something relaxing that calms you down because the news is very stressful right now. And so I weirdly do like humor in it too. And a little bit of um, sometimes like personal development messages, healing, meditation, something that can help you really remember that that's a news story. It's not your life and you can separate. So that's in stories. Then in the daily feed, I do a video most days of the week where I pick one important story you should know more about. And my thesis there is a lot of people can't chase the news like we do, but to be informed, you got to know some things. And this is the thing today you got to know. And Sometimes like yesterday or last week, I did a piece on somebody advocating herd immunity in the White House. It might have not have been the most important story of the day, but it's a concept that's in conversation so much. It's an opportunity for me to explain herd immunity and so that people can start to internalize these ideas as we get closer to a COVID vaccine. It's important to lay down these bricks so that people know the terminology. And that's a big part of what I'm trying to do is make the lingo less scary. Great. Could you take us into a typical day for you, Jessica? You're working, I hope, mostly Monday through Friday. What are you doing when you first wake up in the morning? How does the day unfold? I know, for example, the last couple of weeks of August with the Democratic and Republican conventions, you were in fact working until the wee hours of the morning, which is, I mean, power to you. Thank you. You know what? I don't know how to do a convention differently. Like that was my training. I kind of feel like once you're trained as an athlete, it's hard to stop your exercise routine. And so I'm just continuing that. But most days aren't like the conventions. So for example, today I wake up, I work with this woman who lives on the East Coast. So she has 
She's a few hours ahead of me. She'll like flag, here's what's happening right now. We'll decide. I post a couple of those news articles I said to stories. Then you have to make your calls and do things that are related to both reporting and making sure that this stays, you know, like all the business things are working, like the invoices are being paid and the invoices are being sent and the things are ha- right or some gizmos not working and I have to call the guy. So you have to do all those things. And then I'm doing an interview this afternoon. So I had to we're doing research prep for that. Figure out what the video is tonight. I still don't know. Trump is in Kenosha. But is that the most important story of the day or is that noise? That's one of the things I have to decide. If I don't go with what the news channels are leading with, why am I making the different choice? And what is the value of that to the audience? And I I wanna be deliberate about those things. So that takes a bit. And then we have to sit and script it out. I script out my video. People are always like, it's a three to five minute video where I talk into the camera. People always say to me, that's impromptu, right? That's not impromptu. I was like, the first one of the first questions I asked you before we started recording was, what kind of teleprompter do you use? Because there is no way, as good as I know you are, that you would have all of those names and data points committed to memory. Yeah. Also, it has to be short and so, or tight. People won't stick around. So if I did it just chit chatty way, it takes forever. So sometimes I'll put something up short, but I script that out. So we touched on this in our Espresso Shots interview and check out the bio or show notes to see if Jessica's Espresso Shots interview has already dropped. But what advice do you have, Jessica, for some of our viewers, our listeners who may be aspiring journalists and who watch the daily reports that you're putting out and are consuming the content at Jessica Yellen on Instagram and thinking that maybe that's how they'll become a journalist. I sort of feel like there should be a warning label on your feed that says, kids don't try this at home. This is like those extreme sports, the skateboarders who are making it look so easy because what you are doing actually is drawing upon almost two decades of serious, solid journalism experience. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing were it not for all those years in newsrooms, both internalizing how decisions are made, developing a point of view on choosing a news story and shaping a news story, having as wrote how I report, confirm and check my own work. Like those things are just muscle memory now. I don't have to develop it. Those are vital things. And so if I were advising a person in school still, I'd say if you want to be in journalism, I fully embrace the alternative new media, digital media landscape. I think it's very important to have an experience in a traditional newsroom at some point so that you can internalize how a newsroom works and how all aspects of it. And then you can take that out and innovate. It's a little bit, this sounds high-minded, but all the modernist and contemporary painters learned classical painting first, like portraiture, so that they know the rules so they can break them. It's a bit similar. And because there's so much of value there that you want to take the best. I'll also just add I think one of the reasons I can do this is because my first job in news was as a one-man band reporter in Orlando, Florida, at a station called Central Florida News 13. Arguably my best experience in news. You know, you're just brand new and you get to learn. And I was a one-man band reporter where I carried my own camera, shot my own tape, shot my own stand-up, wrote and edited my own package, and then turned it in. So this is going back to the beginning for me. And having had that experience gives me the confidence and skills to do it on my own now. 
I want to go back just a little bit in your career, not quite as far back as when you were in Orlando. What would you say the difference is right now, Jessica, between a day spent reporting on or for News Not Noise versus a day you would have been reporting as a CNN's chief White House correspondent? Well, I mean, you know this from having been a CNN reporter, too. All you do is you're working the phones, you're gathering information, you're spending your entire day like monitoring what other people are breaking so that you can match it or beat it or question people about it. So your entire focus is on the screen of like what bogeys are incoming, right? In my <laughs> field of vision, right? Monitoring for anything happening. And you trust that everything else will get taken care of. Part of the day is also sometimes there's a story that interests you, but you're not doing that because you are an employee and your newsroom has decided you need to pursue something else. So my job's different in that I get to make the choice every day. I get to decide this is the story I want to do, but I don't have the freedom to just be monitoring the bogeys because I'm also juggling the other pieces of what's involved with producing something on your own and making sure those things are paid and running a little operation. Less infrastructure here, more time dealing with that stuff, more freedom to make my own decisions. And the most liberating thing is, for better or for worse, I'm more me on camera and with the audience. So I'll say things to them like, this is a hard story for me to report. Or I feel bad that I'm telling you this because it's been a litany of terrible news and I feel like I'm the Grim Reaper and I'm really sorry I have to do this to you guys again, but you got to know this. So I'm, I would never say that stuff before. But for me, I think that's the human connection that makes people feel safe here and feel like they can come back. And then I'll add one thing, sorry for a long answer, is the most gratifying difference is I have immediate response from the audience. So if you think back to what it was like to be on camera with some piece you worked on all day and you finally deliver it and then the lights go off and you have no idea how it went over or if people got it. Now I immediately get feedback saying, what did that word mean? Here's an article. Did you see this? Oh my God, my brother works there. Do you want to talk to him? Like you get this kind of engagement that's really gratifying and sometimes challenging, but it gives you a whole different perspective on what the audience wants to know and needs to know to follow the story. Amazing. And actually... I'm so glad you brought up the response that you're getting from your 329,000 followers. How the heck do you manage the thousands of comments that are in your posts? I just take the point of view that I answer what I can in the time I have. And so most of them go unanswered because there's no way you can respond to everyone all the time. And a lot of times people will ask you very involved questions. And I find myself in like this DM conversation with one person for 10 minutes and you're like, I, I can't. I can't do this all day. Um, but I do. There's some people I have ongoing conversations with. So I always check in with them. A lot of times they're swing voters or undecided voters who really want more information to make their decision. And so I think for me, that's where I should be spending time because they are struggling with something and curious. Or I'll talk to people who are grappling with uncertain decisions around COVID and they need to have clear information stuff like that. Yeah. Um, some audience members who are constant sources of tips. So I always go and check them. But you can't, it's one of those like, it's got to be good enough. You can't drive yourself nuts. No, absolutely. I have a bunch of questions to get through here. I'm just going to try to zip through oh, them. Because I think our listeners and our viewers will be interested to hear, Jessica, that, I mean, I know you didn't go into this 
to become an Ariana Huffington. I personally believe you are on that track in a very <laughs> good way. You have a Patreon account. So our viewers and listeners, if they want to support Jessica, should check her out on her Instagram page at Jessica Yellen to see how they can support the amazing reporting she's doing. But are you able to pay your bills right now? I'm not just talking about the bills with the various freelancers and software and whatnot that you need to buy and hardware, but your actual bills, like the electricity, the rent and all of that. I mean, it's like any, it's like a startup, right? So you make adjustments and rein it in a little bit. I definitely, you know, when I was the chief white house correspondent at CNN, I was buying new dress all the time. Like, it's not a thing. I'm just going to buy a new dress. I don't do that right now. Fortunately with COVID, I don't need to, <laughs> but, um, so the answer is, yeah, I'm where fortunately the audience has been unbelievably generous. And so I do have this base of support on Patreon. I ask, you know, $10 a month to just support the work and people can give less if they want. And that's been amazing. I have a partnership right now with Spectrum. And so that's been support. And, you know, there's always new opportunities and I'm figuring out what the next steps need to be, but I, I'm finding a way to make it work. And there's something really gratifying about having your audience support you because I always think if the audience isn't the supporter, they're the product and you're selling them. So I'd rather not sell them like that. And, and so that Patreon is a great option right now. Fantastic. So I would like to flashback really quickly, Jessica, to when you were in college. You went to Harvard and you graduated magna cum laude with majors in American studies and women's studies. Just very, very quickly, did you know what you were going to do with those degrees when you graduated? I had no idea. I never wanted to be a reporter. I thought I wanted to run for office and work for elected officials. And right out of college, my first job was as an intern in the White House. It was the Clinton White House. And I, I lived at the time as roommates with the reporters. And I just thought they had a way more fun life. They were always doing interesting, cool things and pursuing like they just it matched me more. And I do remember I always think back. I met Kitty Couric when I was in junior high school in passing. And I remember watching and thinking, God, would it be more interesting to be the person she's interviewing, person making her show or Katie? And I used to always have like that whole thought process. So I guess there was a part of me that thought of being a journalist, but that's the only time I ever thought of it and really thought I would be part of like an elected official or working in government. I just found another way at it. And so after you left the Clinton White House, you went into print. Is that right? Did you start working for W Magazine? I got a job actually at Los Angeles Magazine. So I came home and I worked at the Los Angeles Magazine as front of the book editor. I was writing little news blurbs and dishy items. And then from there, somebody gave me the really bad advice that television's the future. And I should not be a print writer. P.S. I should have been a print writer. But anyway, I took that advice against my own judgment, which is a lesson to your listeners and viewers, which is get to know what you want and be more responsive to what your calling is than to what everyone tells you the world is going to do. Because you're going to match your calling to how the world changes, but you're going to be strongest if you're in your truth. 
anyway, I took a job. I got, I decided to go into TV news. It's a long story. I made a fake tape. I shopped it around the country. I got my first job in Orlando as a one man band reporter, paid my dues and ended up covering the Florida recount in Tallahassee. And then that got me to national. Fantastic. I had two final questions, Jessica, and I try to ask all of my guests these specific questions. The first one is, if you could share a time in your professional life when you struggled, maybe you even failed. And I want our viewers and listeners to know that you and I are connected in one of my bigger failures. And that was in 1993, no, excuse me, 2007, the then president of CNN, John Klein, decided I wasn't his cup of tea and he didn't renew my contract. And it totally sucked. It was humiliating. And it ended up being one of the greatest gifts that I could have gotten. But at the time, it completely sucked. And at least he had the good sense to hire you to replace me, Jessica, on <laughs> Capitol Hill. So I say that because, I mean, I think he had tremendous news judgment in picking you. He ended up helping me at the time. It really was one of the more painful experiences. And I'm just curious if you've had any periods in your career when you fell on your face. And the most important thing is how you persevered and whether there was a lesson that you learned in the process. So first of all, the answer is yes. The first of all, you're exceptional and news is arbitrary. So that's one of the hardest things about the television business is that it's not a merit-based system and it's not necessarily a reflection of values or talent. It's completely the whim of whoever is the puppet master at the time. And for people who take work very seriously, I think that's very challenging. And I kind of write about this in my novel, Savage News, which is in a lot of ways a reflection of my internal experience through the news business, even if it's not always the exact events, which was I always felt that I was extremely well-intentioned, worked very hard, gave it 150%, opened my veins for the job, did what they asked, and I was constantly coming up against no. And you're not ready for that. You can't do that. That's not for you. It's constantly coming up against these no's that I found, I sort of catalyzed every no into, and well, I'll show you, and I'm going to make it, and I'm going to do it a different way, and I'll find another route, and I'm just going to keep going. And you'd see, oftentimes, I'd be told that I'm too young for a job, but a guy would get that job, even though he's my, you know, that kind of thing. The pay inequity times a trillion thousand meant beyond. And I just kept plowing forward, assuming that I'm going to find a solution. And I moved networks over and over and I would advocate for jobs. But my advice was always, this is the advice I give people and I take, which is decide what you want. Be very clear. Spend your time thinking hard about what you want. And then don't be shy about asking for it. And then do what they ask you to do as long as it aligns with your integrity. What I mean by that is when I got to ABC News, they said, what would you like to do? And I said, I want to be White House correspondent. And they're like, that's cute. But you're going to be the overnight standby person who sleeps at the bureau on Friday and Saturday nights. And if you're lucky, you'll cover crime stories for Good Morning America. And I kept doing those things and I did it to the best of my ability. And then every time they asked, what do you want? I'd say, I want to be White House correspondent. So I did the job that wasn't the thing I wanted to earn my way to what I wanted. And sure enough, one day, the woman who was the Good Morning America White House correspondent, Kate Snow, unexpectedly got a promotion to be the weekend anchor in New York and had to leave D.C. And they had a sudden vacancy at the White House. And they called me up and they're like, 
Jessica, don't get excited. And I was like, okay, classic, right? Don't get excited. The job is not yours, but we'd like you temporarily to fill in at the White House until we can find someone we like better. And that's how I got to the White House. And then I accepted their temporary thing and I just kept doing the job until they're kind of like, okay, you can have it. So the lesson from that is you'll get knocked off your feet. People will tell you no. As long as the experience is tolerable for you and you still want it, go for it. Let people know what you want and then do the work you're made to do. Amazing. Final question, Jessica. If you could go back to Harvard and do it all over again, but based on the wisdom you have now, what advice would you give yourself? That's interesting. I would say have more fun, like do less homework. I would probably go to law school and I would have explored campus more. I think the thing about universities is they have all these resources that are, you know, on the fifth floor of that museum on the street that you walk past to the dining hall but never go in. And those things are rich with knowledge and information and people with experiences they can teach you. I would take more advantage of all of that and really suck up and absorb what the campus has to offer. I think that's hard advice to give right now because a lot of kids are remote learning. But there'll be a time when we're through this and it'll be a gift to be on campus and to even take advantage of what your university offers, even now online, beyond what's required of you. It's worth exploring. Great advice. You can check out Jessica every day through her Instagram posts at Jessica Yellen. You can tune in, you can follow her and get the News Not Noise updates every single day, Monday through Friday. And then as she mentioned, she'll have additional posts over the weekend. If you want a window into the absurdity of broadcast television, especially for women journalists, as Jessica was just alluding, check out her wonderful book, Savage News, published by Harper Collins, Harper Collins rather, and it is out now in paperback. And if you want to learn more about how to break into journalism, check out Jessica's Espresso Shots episode. We've got links to that episode and everything else I've mentioned in the bio or show notes. Jessica, thank you so, so much for making time for coffee today with me and the T4C community. I want to wish you continued success as you work to educate all of us through News Not Noise and give all of us the information we need and not the panic attack we do. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for letting me join the T4C community for this and for the work you're doing. And I'm a huge admirer. So it's really lovely to have this chat with you. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.